Starry is channeling Twiggy, the British supermodel, as we board the BOAC plane in Heathrow Airport. We're moving to New York, she's saying to her audience at the front of the cabin. Eyes watch and ears tune in. Father's found a fabulous post there. I've had a front row seat to my sister's chameleon act for years, but it still amazes me. Tara, starry to me, is Indian with black hair. Twiggy is white and blonde. Yet the resemblance between them is uncanny. It's more than the trendy bun, slender body, slightly cockney accent, and clunky earrings. It's even more than the striped red, blue, and yellow dress, and red tights. An exact copy of Twiggy's Vogue cover outfit that Ma sewed on a neighbor's borrowed machine. There's something Twiggy-ish coming from inside Starry that colors how she moves and talks and breathes. Oh, that's lovely, answers the stewardess. You'll have to visit the theater, and the shopping on Fifth Avenue is smashing. Where are you from? London, Starry responds, without hesitation. I'm not sure I'd answer that question with just one word, like my sister. Where are we from? It's complicated. Ma nudges me to enter an empty row of two seats. I settle into the one by the window and she plops down beside me. Blimey, I wish she'd let Starry sit there. I want to write in my diary, and my sister's presence is the next best thing to being alone. With all the packing and paperwork, privacy has been hard to find these last few weeks. The stewardess is checking out Ma's sari and the red deep on her forehead. But where were you born? She asks my sister. In India, Starry answers. But we moved to London when I was nine. The pilot's voice crackles through the intercom, telling us that the plane is now fully boarded. Starry takes the empty seat across the aisle from Ma, and the stewardess pats her shoulder. Well, love, we're all leaving London now. Fasten your seatbelt, why don't you? I think the nice fellow next to you wants to help. I lean forward. Sure enough, a young American soldier is showing my sister how to operate a seatbelt, something she's known how to do since we were tiny. I have a surge of hope that Ma might tell Starry and me to switch seats. It's always safer for me to sit next to anyone male. But Ma listens for a minute to the soldier's voice, observes his gestures, medals, stripes, and uniform, and says nothing. Oh, that's right. If he's a posh young man, read educated, raised in a good family, read white or Bengali, Ma doesn't mind when Starry gets his attention. Baba always minds. He doesn't want boys around either of us and would have taken that seat if he were here. Ma's eyes close as the stewardesses busy themselves with pre-flight chores. The older starry-like lines of her face look tired. Maybe she'll fall asleep. If this move to New York has been exhausting, she has nobody to blame but herself. She hasn't been content anywhere we've lived. Baba faults her for making us leave India. We joined him once for a few months in Ghana, but she hated it. After that, we stayed in London while Baba traveled to Singapore, Malaysia, Cameroon, and the Philippines on short-term engineering contracts. His income wasn't steady, and landlords didn't like letting flats to curry cookers. So we had to shift within London three times. And our application for British citizenship kept getting denied. 
Baba came and went, came and went, and the fighting between them got worse. Especially when Stari started attracting men, as well as boys. While Baba was in Malaysia, a drunk neighbor banged on our door shouting, Marry me, my Indian princess! Baba was so upset when he heard, he wanted to move us back to Kolkata. I was furious. Kolkata, where my grandmothers cried because I wasn't a boy. How can you give a strange, middle-aged British man that much power over our lives? I demanded. I'm sorry the world is like that, Mishthi, Baba answered. But my job is to protect you girls from those kinds of idiots. Thankfully, for once, Ma agreed with me. I'm not moving in with your mother, she argued. I'll be judged right and left. No privacy, no freedom. It was the middle of the night, their favorite time to fight. I tossed in my bed and my sister stuffed fingers in her ears. Find a permanent job, Ma yelled. Move us to America. And now he has. I don't blame Ma for not wanting to return to India. She doesn't talk much about her girlhood in the village. But Baba describes his ancestral jute farm with bright eyes. Coconut and mango trees, perfect for a small boy to climb. A sparkling pond full of tasty fish. Lush fields, green after the monsoon. But that land was taken during the war and isn't even in India now, thanks to partition. All we could return to is a rented, joint family flat in the overcrowded city of Kolkata, where Ma's inability to have a son would be a constant subject of conversation for other women.